Hey everyone, this is Vanessa Faria, licensed soul therapist and spiritual guide, generational healer, and soul parent, spiritual child, evolutionary educator. I am super excited to share with you all about my story in entrepreneurship, in growing my own business, in connecting with women, in supporting women on their journey in healing, and in awakening to their authentic selves. We talk a whole lot on the podcast about generational healing and what it is like to work to heal your ancestral trauma, to relieve future generations of the pain and suffering that so many of us have experienced throughout our lives. I would love to stay connected with you, so please give me a follow on Instagram at Vaness, V-A-N-E-S-S dot Faria, F-A-R-I-A, Hello? Hi. Hi. How's it going? Not bad. How are you? I'm good. Everyone, I just want to start off by thanking Vanessa profusely for her help in helping to cure me this last week because I'm not actually certain still that it was strep because I've had strep and this seemed to go away a little easier than that. Mm -hmm. Right? But whatever I had, it was taking me out and I couldn't talk for a while. So, and I've done a few episodes this week. So that's all thanks to Vanessa. So thank you. No problem. You're welcome. I'm happy I could help. Definitely helped Mm -hmm. tremendously, but that's what you're all about. You're all about healing. Um, but not just physically, emotionally, spiritually, and right. Those are the the main, main tenets. So, just tell us more about yourself, kind of mm-hmm. give us a little background. So thanks so much for having me, first of all. I am super excited to speak with you about all things healing. So I'm a licensed soul therapist, and I'm a generational healer and spiritual guide. I work mostly with women to help them become more of their authentic self by releasing conditioning and imprinting that they have acquired throughout their lifetime through their family dynamics, through growing up as a child, but also to heal generational imprinting that they have received through their bloodline so that they can be more free and so that the generational patterns can be healed. So I do that through generational healing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So generational healing, kind of go into that a little bit. Describe that for us. So generational healing is working with the ancestors, ancestors being um, people in your family lineage who have passed on. Okay. And I work with the ancestors to heal whatever trauma is still being carried and still being activated in your bloodline today. So generational curses, not, not generational curses. So that's, that's a term that like, I would say like, I hear a lot in my family. Right. So that a lot of people do, there are cultural, like some cultures do say that and feel that there are generational curses, but it's not curses at all. Curses would come from the, um, 
the mindset and the belief that it's a bad thing to have these generational traumas being passed down. It is traumatic. So yeah, they're not necessarily like a positive thing all the time, but it's really, it's not like a curse that has been bestowed upon you and then you have no choice. It's actually something that we all choose when we incarnate into our bloodline. We choose the bloodline that we are to come forward into because that specific bloodline has certain lessons and soul experiences that we have chosen so that we can heal on their behalf so when we come into the planet we choose our mother and our father and we know the bloodline that comes with that and we want to not only receive the gifts of that bloodline but we also want to support that bloodline in its healing which is why we do the generational healing okay yeah okay so um like for an example I'm, I'm trying to use my family as an example Mm-hmm. Uh, so my mom, her, she was very close to her grandmother, who was the patriarch of, I'm sorry, the matriarch of our family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she passed a few years back in 2012, um, and it it kind of created a little change in the family. You know, we don't seem as close knit maybe as we used to be. Mm. to a certain extent and I, I I've personally seen a change in my mom to a certain extent you know just a little um and so to heal her trauma she you would more than likely connect with my great grandmother her grandmother right potentially it's when Pot- I'm when I'm doing the generational healing I'm not picking who comes forward okay I actually work with the ancestor that needs the most healing at that time. Okay. So whatever is showing up in that person. So if someone comes to see me, I ask them and I speak with them a little bit. We have a consultation and they tell me a little bit about what they're experiencing and what sort of challenges they've experienced throughout their life or they're experiencing currently. And then I tell them that when we do the healing, whoever needs the most healing, that's what's going to come through. Because that's what's most relevant to you and your soul's journey at this time also. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a twofold process. It's the person that needs the healing, but also the ancestor that needs the healing as well. So it's a... That's right. Okay. Right. That's very interesting. I've, hmm. I've never heard of that process before. So thank you. You're All welcome. this is like so enlightening. And... <laughs> okay. So... How do you become a licensed soul therapist? So I first heard about uh, soul therapy after I came back home to Canada. After I did a retreat in Peru with my mentor, Deborah Sky King. And okay. so I, when I was about 18 or 19, I actually went with her on a soul retreat and we did incredible ceremony and a lot of beautiful work in different parts of Peru, working with the earth and the spirit there. And as I came back, I was completely shifted. I was changed. And 
I decided I wanted to really pursue like the world of healing and the realm of healing and supporting women to heal not only you know just themselves but also to be able to be very empowered so that they can support and honor the planetary healing as well so I went through the soul therapist licensing training which was at the time about uh, I want to say 13 months and it was a very in-depth training where I went through all of the work myself as a soul therapist so I got to not only heal my own self and experience the work for myself but then also learning how to guide and support women through the process of returning to their wholeness. And so working with mostly women, how did that happen? Well, I have always, just from a young age, I was born, um, I lived with my mom and my grandmother and for most of my life. So I was very influenced by women and seeing women go through their life. And both my mom and grandmother are awesome, strong, powerful women, but I also was able to see and witness them in really challenging moments and also see that there was a ton of things that these two women like really needed to heal for themselves and they didn't have the tools, um, the training, they didn't have the, the resources or anything to necessarily do that kind of healing work to become more conscious, more aware, and then to like really change their like life experiences and dynamics. So when I was growing up, it was a big, big thing for me. I I was very, very committed to wanting to change the trajectory of where my family was heading by being the example of what I wanted to experience, you know? Yeah, indeed. Like, Mm -hmm. that's... It, it's it's hard to kind of like express why your mind starts thinking that way because it's such a deep and layered dynamic because you're not just trying to lead yourself but family which is full of different people with different personalities so how do you lead and take the family in a different direction right exactly and so it's it's definitely not an easy uh an easy task by any means but it's something that is so so important especially where we are right now in our conscious evolution as a species you know the human species has a lot of work to do to evolve and to support the evolution of all plants and beings like if you see all the things that is happening to the planet it's because our species is really unconscious to their choices and to their actions so that's part of why I do my work is so that I can shift this for women everywhere globally, because when women heal, they really have a profound impact on the planet because they are the host bodies. They are the carriers of future generations. So that's why I choose women. Right. That's, that's very necessary. So Mm -hmm. how all of this work sounds like it's intrinsic with being empowered yes what you said okay so someone like what are what are some of your typical clients like where are they in their lives where they feel like they have an opportunity 
to go down this road with you to go down this life this part of their life path Mm -hmm. that's a good question um so basically I work with women in all phases and stages of their life so you know I've had women who are a bit younger who just get out of school or who are still in school even but are starting to separate from their home um and then I also get women who are like you know in their middle and when I say middle age I mean like middle of their career age so that could be anywhere from like you know 25 to 35 like that age where there's just so many different things happening and shifts happening where they're trying to become way more authentic to who they are and they are trying to potentially escape a little bit more of the nine to five the systems the institutions the way that society has kind of determined that they should live their life or how they should be in the world as well as their family dynamics too. So women who want to heal their family dynamics from a young age, women who are going through any kind of life transition that could be from like a breakup to a change in career to a move across the country, or it could be, um, you know, a life of bringing in new life onto the planet. So maybe preparing for pregnancy or being pregnant, having a baby, whatever it might be. And they want to really transition how they are being in their everyday life and how they are feeling and hearing and experiencing their own life, their own emotions, their mental dialogues and how they are feeling in their physical body too. So, and then of course, spiritually as well, like finding their life purpose. I help people find their life purpose and then live it, not just find it, but actually live it every day, embodying it every day through self-love and through a lot of self-acceptance, too. So, like, when do you think we as people or I be, start becoming traumatized or start the process of... I, I guess having to unpack things like that are forming our personality that may not always be positive. Does that make sense? I'm not, yeah. Okay. Well, so basically I would say it starts, you know, as soon as you enter the world, like literally as soon as you're born, there's so even there's so many people who have traumas, even just in their birth alone. And that one event can be the precursor to a thousand other events in that person's life of how they're going to experience their life because of the way that they are born. Yeah. So it can start that early and then it just continues because once you have entered, then it's, it's not about just you, but your environment can traumatize you. The people around you can create trauma. You know, there's tons of things that can really shift somebody from a state of peace and calm and wholeness into one of fragmentation, disassociation, fear, um, and suffering. So going back to just how we're born and the importance of that, Mm -hmm. right? I've recently, by recently, I mean probably the past three, maybe three years, I've gotten into maybe four actually 
um, numerology. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm a life path number 11. Cool. I still can't really read all the charts, you know, when it comes to, like, the time when you were born. Uh, and, you know, how in-depth those some of those charts are. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, but my general understanding of it um, has significantly increased. And uh, it really kind of relates to, I feel like, a lot of aspects of my life. And then combining that with the fact that I'm a Taurus. Oh, cool. I'm a Taurus, too. Yeah, I, I was hearing the podcast that yeah. you were talking about that earlier with another Taurus, right? So, um, ah. that you were talking to. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was episode two. Probably. Cardona. Yeah. I forget her name at the moment. But how all that mixed with those two elements there mixed with my actual life experiences or what the experiences I remember Mm -hmm. uh, kind of formulating my personality when I start thinking about some of those things sometimes I'm like wow that's that's a lot you know Mm -hmm. it's it's different ways to kind of unpack that because there are also memories that I feel like we don't necessarily remember but we still experience and hold on to somehow Definitely. We, we, we might not remember them consciously, but our body holds the memory and holds the, the coding in your genetic DNA of an imprint. So anytime that imprint is triggered or fired, your physical body is reacting to it. And so how, how are, how do we make ourselves conscious of that? So becoming conscious of it, is like there's so many different ways to do it but okay that's um, good to know yeah of course there's definitely lots of different things that can help you become more conscious of your body but things like movement being really present ultimately it's about being present with your physical body and fully in the moment when you can do that then you are able to really be conscious of things that are going on and make them and change them in that moment right yeah But because so many of us are not fully conscious and fully present in every moment. I'm horrible at it. Right. It's not an easy task. So when, because that's what is normally happening, we have to have tools so that we can be more conscious and more present. So tools that help people get more present are things like practicing meditation, right? Focusing on your breath. And then meditating so that your mind can get a little bit clearer, your body can relax a little more, and then you can have a clearer frame to work with, a more neutral space to be in. So that's one way. Another way could be dancing could be a way. So moving your physical body in any way, even exercise, going to the gym, um, yoga, whatever it might be, if you're doing it a bit consciously and with the intention of being more present. It could be eating healthier foods because if you're eating healthier foods, your body is going to have a, uh, an easier time clearing and digesting toxins from the physical space, which is important because the toxins are often held on emotions or very, very old, old cellular memories of sickness, okay. right? So the so- less you have of that, 
then the more conscious you are also. Yeah, interesting. I mm-hmm. need to work on all of this, so this this is great. Good. Um, yeah, so those are some of the ones that are coming up right off the top, like doing some cleanses are really good for your physical body and for your emotional body. When you cleanse the physical body, you cleanse the emotional body and vice versa. If you're cleansing the emotional body, then your physical body will have benefit. And all of it's connected, right? Of course. And do you find that most people realize that it's all connected or do you feel like we don't necessarily always remember that? Or know that? Well, um, I think that there are a good amount of people who do know that it's all connected. But it's difficult to keep that. Just because you know that it's all connected doesn't mean that you are willing to make the changes necessary to then experience something different. That's a major part of it. Yeah. 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 So Guilty there as well. Right. So there are a lot of people who do know. They're like, yeah, right. I get it. Mind, body, spirit. They all are connected. They all affect each other. But then it's like, okay, but what are you willing to do in order to change that experience that you are currently having and move into one that you are desiring? And that's kind of where I come in to support people who are wanting to do the work, who are fully willing to make the changes, but who do need that extra bit of support because it's not, it's not always something that you can just do on your own and it's okay to have help and it's okay to have that support so that you can see yourself more clearly and so that you can be accountable. So so for you, how are you able to recognize your gifts? Well, I have, since I was quite young, I was able to connect to spirit and feel spirit and see spirit but I didn't always have the tools or the language to take that one step further or to fully use them and integrate them into the world. Um, And then when I did the 13 mystical wisdom teachings, which is a apprenticeship training for women led by my mentor, Deborah Sky King, this is a 13 week online program that I did that allowed me to have the teachings and the tools to activate my spiritual gifts and then to use them in the physical world, in my everyday life, working with my clients, working with my family, working with myself, and then put them into practice. So ever since then, I have really taken everything one step further and been using it every single day, using the tools, using the teachings to help me master my spiritual gifts. And, it, and it's still an ongoing process, right? Always. Always. So Always. I just want people to think of it like that, to know that. Because I, I think a lot of times, myself included, you get to a place where you're like, I should be here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or once I get here, like, I, I feel like society tells us, you know, once you have your master's degree, you have a certain position at your job, you're like done learning or you're done, right. you've, you've peaked, you know, getting into that concept. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely not like that. No, it's, it's one of those things when, if you are on the physical planet, if you are a human being and you're still living in your physical body, then you still have work to do here. You still have tons of things to learn, to grow into, to evolve into, to experience. 
and that's why you're here so you know that's essentially that's how it goes I used to think that too when I was quite young I used to constantly be like why am I not here yet like like I keep doing all this work and like I still have trouble I still have hard times and I still have sad emotions and I was like and eventually you know my mentor said to me he's like you are still here you're always here you're you're gonna be here for a while so yeah you still have work to do you know yeah yeah you always have work to do there's always something else to be done and other aspects of the changing world right yeah which kind of brings me to this next question i saw one of your episodes was about um the masculine world yeah can you kind of go into that what do you mean by that and how it affects mm. culture, affects our society. Yeah, that. so that, that podcast was with, was with my friend Darren Austin Hall, and um, he is someone I know in the conscious community in Toronto that is doing a lot of work to help men heal their woundings um, because women are not the only ones who need healing. Everyone needs healing, right. and especially men, for sure. But because there's a there's just been such a rising of the conscious feminine there has not been as much support and like an an uprising and attention on healing from the male perspective so he's someone i know who does a lot of work but this is happening now everywhere like there is a lot of um, beautiful work happening with men all over the world you just kind of have to seek it out a little like deeper you got to look a little harder And it's all about, like, there's tons of things that men need to heal, but it's like healing their vulnerability, healing their emotional wounds, healing the, the patriarchal experience of what it means to be a man or a macho man or a masculine man in our current society, changing some of the different roles of, you know, what men are supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. And really just allowing men to be and express more of their truth and their vulnerability and heal the parts of them that are still in pain from their own childhood wounds, but also the collective masculine woundings. And this goes back to like really, really far, like even in war times and and like so far beyond us, right? So yeah there's just there's tons that we could dive in and explore into and so what do you think needs to happen to for a person to want to pursue healing well for someone while not thinking of themselves as broken right exactly because that is a it's an important it's an important question and and thing to mention is that when we think of healing, sometimes we do think of be fixed or I'm not good enough and all kinds of things like this. I'm sick. Right. But healing is something that is ongoing from my perspective. That's kind of why I also created the all that heals podcast is so that, you know, everything can be healing. So many different things can be healing and we are constantly healing regardless of whether we feel like we are better or not better, it's not like a place, like an end result either. It's one of those things that 
you can just approach from a place of compassion and love and gentleness within yourself of knowing that you're always going to be healing some aspect of yourself. And that can be physically, it could be mentally, it could be emotionally, it could be spiritually. You might be healing your relationships. You might be healing um, certain dynamics with people. There's so many things that you could be working on, but in a place that is empowering, healing should be empowering and not a place that makes you feel like you're sick or not worthy or not good enough or, you know, broken. So for people in relationships who might find themselves healing, how do you support that? Can you say that one more time? Okay. I I don't like the way I phrased the question initially, so let me rephrase it. That's okay. Uh, the um so if how can you recognize the healing journey of others and being being supportive of that? It, whether that could be in a romantic relationship or a f- family rela- relationship, right? And are you asking, like, how I personally or how someone else could be? How someone else could be. Ah, okay. Supportive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So being supportive of someone else's healing journey or their relationship can look like a ton of different things. But it really starts with just being able to honor their process and honor where they're at. So a lot of the times you might have an insight about something, but if that person isn't ready to hear that insight or receive that insight, then it's not really in your best interest or their best interest to force something on them or to push them into a space that they're not ready to see or receive yet. So holding space for somebody while they're going through healing, it it can be challenging. And it depends whether like if you're in a partnership where someone is healing and you're feeling good, but they're not feeling so great. You know, just holding space by being fully you and being responsible for yourself while being loving and just compassionate to their own healing and whatever they're going through, that is usually the best um, approach to it. Yeah, that is probably what I would say. Just really just holding space for them. Mm-hmm. What is it? How, what are some signs where maybe that that compatibility isn't there like you need to heal separately uh from another person because i i feel like sometimes you have to be in the right space uh in order to support each other if that makes sense right so you're speaking about intimate relationships now right like romantic relationships yeah okay so in romantic relationships yeah, there can be many different times when you, one of you or both of you realizes that, you know, you'd rather just do the work on your own for a little while because you're not fully able to be present to the relationship. Now, the relationship is its own entity in and of itself. So, you know, there's you, there's the other person, and then there's the entity of the relationship, which is usually like the energy that is needed to be created. So not only do you need to feel like you can support yourself but then you need to be able to really be able to give to the relationship and sometimes we're not able to do that because we do have to do some work and healing on our own before we can get to the space of being available for the other person and the relationship 
And so that is an okay thing to do when needed. But also there's a lot of times when, you know, if someone's in a long-term relationship, then yeah, you got to find a way to do your own healing while still being committed to relationship. And I think that is the biggest challenge is being in a committed relationship and still having the focus and the, the common goal to be consciousness and evolving in a conscious relationship, in a healing relationship in between both person people. I love that. Uh Okay. So I have another question for you. It's about, I kind of feel like you should do some. Hold on. Sorry. Oh, no problem. No, no. Sorry. She's just, there's people cleaning my window. Yes. One second. They tend to react that way. Go. Go. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh no problem. But I I'm of the belief that you should do significant <laughs> healing prior to you becoming a parent so that you can be the a better version of yourself. Yes. Okay. Definitely. And so even though we, we understand healing is an ongoing process, right? Mm-hmm. What does some significant work look what, what is What would that look like, I guess, uh, maybe, where you can get in that right mindset for bringing another world men. into the world? Yeah, so what I work with a lot with women or men who are preparing for becoming a parent and bringing people into the world is really focusing on cleaning up their own self-worth and their own emotions and how they experience the world emotionally. That is a huge one. And then as well is healing their relationships and the family dynamics. So that could be your relationships with your mom or your brother or your dad or whoever it is so that you have really clear, strong, healthy boundaries And everyone is on the same page of how your dynamics are between people and in the family before a new being comes in. So that is huge. And then, of course, there's anything that needs to be healed between the partners themselves. So whatever that looks like, male, male, female, female, whoever, um, it's about really making sure that you have talked through and feel like you're on the same page as your partner and have prepared yourself for all of the different changes and things that are going to come up when you have kids. I mean, that's the way I see it, but you know, that, that makes so much sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a lot trickier than like, it's in- hard to do though. Right. You know, yeah. It's an ongoing process for sure. That's why I work with women in preconception. So I try to even work with people and women before they even are close to having children because there's so much work that they can do even before that and how do you work with someone that doesn't necessarily want to work with you well then I just don't work with them (laughs) no 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 I I mean like in terms of uh like if you're if it's time to heal like between you and your partner Uh uh-huh you have 
someone who's less than cooperative. Right. So how, how do you still get some results? Yeah, that is tricky because if you are someone who is, you know, wanting to be more conscious and you are wanting to evolve and have a more stable, loving life experience and, you know, really want to shift things for your family and for your future and your partner is kind of uh, out to lunch about it and they're not really committed to their own spiritual journey and their spiritual healing it can be very challenging. Um, and that's something that is needs to be looked at, actually, because that in itself could be a very big clue as to whether you want to be with that person and start a family with them in the first place. Right. Um, which is a hard truth, but it's really important because that is if that is something that you value as a person and you value it for your future family, then it's something that needs to be seriously considered no matter whether they're like the love of your life or not. Right. So right. I know it's challenging, but that is important. And then if, you know, if you are in a partnership and it's been a while and the person is not interested in evolving with you, then that's also something that needs to be considered. You know, how, how important is it to you that you evolve spiritually and that you get to fulfill some of those long-term dreams and desires that you've had? That's important. You know, so fulfilling, fulfilling that is important. So do I, I have a couple of questions that I want to stay in this space with, but I do want to segue us a little bit for just a time period. Yeah. So, okay. Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. What, why entrepreneurship for you? Well, just very simply because I am creating my own business. Creating your own business and yep. you're really in a market where you have to create your own business, you would say, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like you have like spiritual healing corp you know, that you can go become the right. VP of, right? So That's true. Yeah. So how has that been for you? What does that look like? Well, that it's been, I have been now in business for about, um, about six years. So it's been a very beautiful, expansive journey. Probably the most healing phase of my life is working on my business because as I work on myself, my business also needs to be worked on and my beliefs about things shift and change all the time. It's about expanding my worth, expanding my beliefs about how I do business or who I collaborate with, the types of people I want to work with. I really get to create every part of it. So it's about looking at all of the intentions that I have and then trying to live and breathe and be in integrity to all of that. And that is something that is really important to me is trying to be in, in as much integrity as possible to myself and to my soul's journey and my purpose here on the planet. So 
going through it is a wild ride. Um, yes. I've met a ton of beautiful people along the way. I've taken incredible courses. I've invested in myself, in my business, in my learning, and I continue to do so, and I always will, because I love being a student and learning. And yeah, it's been so fruitful and so expansive, even you know, from a business perspective, like from a financial perspective, but mostly also from a just an evolutionary perspective of who I am and who I've become because of that choice. So making that one choice, like in your, use the term expansive, has just opened the world, opened up different worlds and different people to you. Yeah. Bringing enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do love that about entrepreneurship. You know, um, how it can just, you know, make it forces you to grow, it forces you to do work and, um, you know, present as always seeking an aligned version of yourself. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, That's what encouragement would you have? Um, for someone thinking about entrepreneurship? Um, Well, I would say that if it feels like something that is calling to you, then I would listen to that. And I would just really do the work to prepare yourself for what that journey might be like. Learn as much as you can, you know, brainstorm, connect, connect with people and trust yourself. Trust that it's something that is possible and work towards it every single day. I mean, I work hard. I still work hard. I go through phases where I work a little bit less or a little bit more, but ultimately I'm still continuing to really put time, energy and investments into my business so that it continues to grow. So yeah, so that is what I would recommend is really to just do your due diligence in connecting, creating, working on yourself as much as your, as your business and invest in yourself, your future, and your future business. Okay. Yeah. I want us to talk about something um, common ground really quick. Sure. Tauruses. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts on us? Like how, I feel like I've seen a lot of stigmatization on Tauruses recently. Okay, like what? Just that, like, it seems like most people are saying that we're, like, problematic, maybe due to the stubbornness. (laughs) And, I mean, that's just one aspect of of the Taurus, but there's... Right. Every single sign has positives and negatives about them, so... I feel like it's just our time to be, like, shunned almost. You know how, like, everyone has that time in the signs where they're, like there's the where people are just kind of I, I I just say hating on them a little bit but you know where it's it, it just doesn't seem like because all signs have good and all signs have bad so it just it doesn't ever make sense to me that all signs are anything you know mm-hmm. and some people have more traits of the signs than others some depending on so many things like the moon rising and some like when they were born what different traits that they might have and 
all these, you know, all these factors that you know more about than I do. So right, yeah. <laughs> so your ast- your birth chart has all of the planets influencing in all of the different houses. So every single person has all of the signs acting up in some way, shape, or form and contributing to the fabric of your life. So it's really, I mean, I, I actually like being a Taurus is one tiny, tiny aspect of my whole entire chart. So to me, it's, it's not a positive or negative thing. And I don't necessarily buy into any of the, you know, societal beliefs that are going around about it. So that's my take. That's fine. I'm with you on that. We're just going to continue to be Tauruses and keep to that. But for you, because you've done so much work on yourself, mm-hmm. do you feel like um, that part has been minimized or is it just kind of the the whole scope of really all of your chart is so um wide that you know being a Taurus is just not as uh significant well no I definitely do feel the influences of being a Taurus but there's so many different parts of that like for me I feel the strongest influences of being a Taurus is that I love beautiful homes and home is really important to me and keeping a beautiful home a clean home um is a big thing in my life. And so I, I notice how that pattern tends to make me want to live in luxurious places or experience beautiful luxury in certain, um, places or countries. And so that's a big thing that I do notice as being a Taurus. And then definitely I do find that I can be not necessarily Stubborn is not the word I would use, but it was, it's more that I would say um, when I, like, I have a very strong determination to do things. And so when I have something to whatever that might be, I am solidly committed to it, which is, can be the stubbornness for sure that shows up. But I see it more as a, strong commitment to something whether that's positive or negative definitely yeah i that that's kind of the way i view it myself to be honest with you um you know just for me the the traits of being a tourist that i resonate most with um Mm -hmm. let's see um wonderful well the Anchor app is glitching a little bit on us. But, oh. yeah, I did have a couple more questions I wanted to ask you. But I'm just going to ask you this one last one. Sure. Will you come back on the Trap Life podcast? Uh, potentially, yeah. Okay. Because I, I definitely want to go into detail some some other aspects of you because I think the work that you do is fascinating and more people should just be aware of it very cool well thank you I appreciate that so much okay and thank you so much for joining us today you're welcome it was my pleasure I am happy 
to share. And I look forward to hearing more of Trap Life, too. Well, we are wrapping up today's episode, but we wish you peace, prosperity, and purpose on your journey. Take care. Hey everyone, this is Vanessa Faria, licensed soul therapist and spiritual guide, generational healer, and soul parent, spiritual child, evolutionary educator. I am super excited to share with you all about my story in entrepreneurship, in growing my own business, in connecting with women, in supporting women on their journey in healing, and in awakening to their authentic selves. We talk a whole lot on the podcast about generational healing and what it is like to work to heal your ancestral trauma, to relieve future generations of the pain and suffering that so many of us have experienced throughout our lives. I would love to stay connected with you, so please give me a follow on Instagram at Vaness, V-A-N-E-S-S dot Faria, F-A-R-I-A, Hey, this is Sierra Nicole, and here's my story I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected. Follow me on Instagram at Sierra Nicole Invest, or you can find me on Facebook at Sierra Nicole. I hope my experiences inspire you. And remember, dreams over doubt, focus over frustration, progress over perfection, dedication over distraction, and legacy over lost time. I am an entrepreneur, I am a leader, I am the power of empowerment, I am the lady of leverage, I am a Trump star.